Good morning, good morning, Rabotai, and welcome back to Breakfast in the Class, Kotel Edition. We want to say uh, a tremendous Hazaku Baruch and congratulations to my son-in-law, Natana Laminov, and to my daughter, Shoshana. Uh, last night, uh, Natano received his smicha, uh, the first leg of his uh, becoming a rabbi. He's now a rabbi. Um, so I came out for one day to support and to show how important Limun Torah is to our family uh, and what it means. And uh, I'll be back, Bezat Hashem, right away to uh, America. But uh, I figured while I'm here at the, at the uh, site of the Beit HaMikdash, the place where the actual miracle of Hanukkah occurred. So you think about the fact that all those years ago, uh, on this day, on this day, right behind me, the miracle of Hanukkah was actually taking place. So I don't know if you can see, they have set up over here um, a, a giant menorah. Uh, I don't know if you can see it all the way there in the back. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's something special to think about. I mean, my hand, it. I don't know if you can see it. It's right there. Yeah, you see that big gold menorah? Um, back in those days and in these days as well. And they light it um, at the nighttime of Hanukkah. But during the time of the actual miracle taking place, this is what you would have seen. You would have seen the candles lit already on their fourth day going strong, uh, ready to go for another another four days as well. So I thought today uh, to share with you a beautiful idea. Today is the Vire Torah, our uh, dedicated Li'ilui Nishmat Edmund Safra Alava Shalom. And as well as the Refuah Shlema for Chana Bat Simafega. Um, there's a standard halakha, and the halakha tells us that women are not obligated in mitzvot from the Torah that are Ziman Gerama, which means that are associated with time. And if a mitzvah is time bound, then a woman is patur from that mitzvah. So, as an example, tefillina during the day, right? You don't like wear tefillin at night, tzitzit during the day. A woman is not obligated in that mitzvah because it's a, a zman gerama mitzvah. So, of course, that law only applies to positive commandments and not negative commandments. So, any positive commandment which is zman gerama, a woman is not obligated. And the Gemara says there are exceptions to this. And one of the classic exceptions is the idea of Hanukkah and the idea of Purim. And the reason why there's an exception is because they also were included in that miracle. And Tosafot says that there's two explanations for the idea of two explanations for the fact that they were part of the miracle. One is that they were also saved from the miracle, so therefore they need to celebrate too. But also, a second idea is that they were part of the miracle. So in the story of Purim, it's not just that women also were saved because the Jews were saved, but rather they played an active role in saving the Jewish people uh, in the fact that Esther and her heroism was the catalyst, the itaruta dilutata for this beautiful miracle. So too in the story of Hanukkah, uh, it is recorded that Yehudit uh, uh, actually extended herself. She risked her life to go and get the uh, Greek general Heliporni. She cut off his head and that was a huge element, a big blow to the Greek forces uh, when they saw that their commander was dead. This woman Yehudit, in fact, Many girls that are born on the holiday of Hanukkah, they have that name. They take the name Yehudit. So my friends, I want to add and I want to say, talk a little bit about this idea, about the heroism of, of women. They too were in this miracle. You know, the idea 
uh, that men are doing great things in the Kehillah, there's no question that that is true. Men do great things. And there's also no question that women do great things. But sometimes there's a moment, an inflection point in time, where what's required is not only the misirut nefesh of the men, but also a tremendous misirut nefesh of the women. And without Yehudit, ostensibly the miracle of Hanukkah doesn't take place. Without Hana, Vishiva Banea, Hana, a woman who has seven children, each one of them die al Kiddush Hashem rather than worship the idols of Antiochus. This is an unbelievable expression of the misirut nefesh, of the self-sacrifice, of the commitment to Judaism that the Jewish people had that enabled the miracle of Hanukkah to burn bright. Without a Hana, without a Yehudit, without a Esther, these holidays are not possible. And I think that on some level, that is true now as well. Now, on one end, of course, you have all the Chalabakes that are happening. And you have all the Tehillim chats that are happening. And there are great things that are taking place in that realm. But I think that there is also a call right now for the Afhen Hayu Be'otah for women of Am Yisrael to stand up and to do to do s- some great act of self-sacrifice. And I don't know, and it's not really for me to say what that is, because I'm not a woman, and therefore I can't tell a woman what that should be. But from the women should arise a, uh, an element, a chizuk, uh, maybe in their special mitzvot. You know, we know that the woman has three mitzvot that are uniquely hers, and they are so much a part of her life force, says the pasuk, says the mishnah, excuse me, for three sins, nashim metot b'shat l'datam. Do women pass? They pass away in the time of their giving birth. First of all, themselves dying, but second of all, also causing tremendous danger to the child as well. Why is it the woman is punished so severely? Uh, there's such a, 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 a powerful response to the fact that a woman has not done correctly Mida, Hala, and Hadlakatare, these three mitzvot. And I think that the answer is that these three mitzvot represent the mitzvot that are uniquely a woman's. Uh, of course, if a woman is not in a man's life, he has a mitzvah in Duchala. If a woman is not in a man's life, he has a mitzvah to light Shabbat candles, etc., etc. So it's not that it's only, but it belongs to the woman. I want to add even more than that. Our rabbis tell us, that the Chashmonaim, they stood up and they did something unbelievable. But after the story of uh, their uh, their heroism and their uprising, they decided to take power for themselves, not just to be the Kohanim uh, and the heroes of the Jewish people, but also to be the kings of the Jewish people. And thus began the Hasmonean dynasty, the kings that came from the Hashmonaim. And what started off as great tzaddikim doing unbelievable things, ultimately wound up becoming corrupt kings, holding on to power, holding on to money, holding on to greed. And eventually, the the Gemara tells us that every single member of the Hashmonaim died, and there was not a single remnant from their family. And part of the reason for that, the Gemara says, is because they seized kingship, and kingship belongs to Yehudah, lo yasfur, shevet mi Yehudah, belongs to the tribe of Judah. However, it's a strange thing. It does not say in the Torah that if someone takes kingship for themselves and they die, it doesn't say that the mitzvah of uh, the idea of lo yasu shevet mi that it belongs to the Davidic dynasty, that that's a mitzvah or that's an inyan 
which is punishable by the death penalty. So why is it not only death penalty, but karet, the whole family is wiped out. So why is that? Why did that happen? And I think that the answer to that question is the answer to ours as well. And that is that the Hashemuraim, they have a role to play. The Kohanim have a role to play. The kings, they have a role to play. When a Kohen, generation after generation, plays the role of a king, a role that's not his own, he no longer has a connection to his own life force. Our life force, our health, our success is driven by the fact that we're fulfilling the role that we're supposed to be fulfilling here. Our mission, we think of ourselves all the time, Hashem, please give me the strength to complete my mission. Please give me the strength to do my job. Please give me the strength to be the husband, the father, the rabbi, the leader, the teacher, whatever that I am. But we don't realize is it's not that we have strength and we use that strength for that mission. It is the mission that gives us strength. It is the job that gives us power. And that job, my friends, when we're not doing that job, when they cut themselves off from their job, from their life force, what happened? There was no more life force for this family. And I would like to suggest that that's the same thing. A woman has a role, and part of her role, her unique power, is nida halab ad lakataner, which actually are the letters chana, chana and bezat hashem fega. My friends, those things, they are the chen chinat. They are the chen, the beauty, the grace of every woman. And when a woman does not do those mitzvot, then she's cutting herself off from a source of unbelievable power. And what is a child? Is an extension. A son is the thigh of his father, and ubar. And a child, is the thigh as well of his mother. And if that idea is true, then not only does she lose her life force for not fulfilling these mitzvot, so too it's difficult for her to continue that life force in the form of giving birth to children. My friends, and especially the holy women of Am Yisrael, we're turning to you now on these days of Chanukah and asking, just like once, by there was a tremendous miracle that happened through your efforts, through the powers of being a Jewish woman. So too, my friends, so too today. We need you. We need you to step up in your mitzvot, in the mitzvot of kashrut of a home, of the purity of the home, of the shalom bayit of a home represented by the candles of Shabbat, the kashrut of the halat, represented by nida the taharat habayit, the purity of the house, what you let in and what you don't let in to your home. My friends, in this time, women, you have a chance to be able to bring home yet one more beautiful miracle. And those miracles are waiting on us. But this message is not only a message for women. It is a message for every person out there who has a challenge and who has a difficulty. That difficulty is your role, is your mission. God put you in that place to be able to do something great. Shying away from it, trying to play someone else's role only diminishes your life force. Stepping into the role and standing up to the challenge only gives a person ever more strength. Be strong, be courageous in everything that you're standing against and you'll see that the very act of standing against it causes it to melt away in the face of your courage. When Nachshon ben Aminadav takes his first step into the ocean, up until that point, there's an impenetrable bar a barrier for the Jewish people. But Nachshon doesn't see a barrier. He sees an opportunity. Nachshon doesn't see a wall. He sees a chance an opportunity for greatness. And he steps into the water and he gets up to the point where he can't do anymore 
And the minute he gets to the point where he cannot do anymore, what happens? Everything opens in front of him. I'm going to end with the words of Rav Nachman of Breslov. Rav Nachman of Breslov points out that the numerical value of Yush, of giving up hope, is 317. But the numerical value of Eliezer is 318. Yush means to give up. Eliezer means that God helps. Between giving up and God's help is one step. Can you take one more step? If you are tired, if you are suffering, if you are sad, if you are depressed. You know the Chachamim tell us that a cure for depression, for sadness, for anxiety, is to stare at the lights of the Chanukah candle. Now of course there is a spiritual and mystical power to that. But I think as well when a person looks at the candles and they realize how Am Yisrael has faced these impossible situations before, you know that that can happen once again for you like it happened once before for your forefathers. Take one more step. Light one more candle and you will see Yeshuat Hashem. The heavenly help comes in the blink of an eye. Chag Hanukkah Sameach.